Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Pei Beis, the last sugya, the last uh, daf of Maseches Kiddushi, let's say the Nashim. Sure. Um, we're up to, we, um, yeah, today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas, Chana Sara Bas Chaim Yitzchak, and Chayv Shulamit Sara Me'ira Bas Chaim. And may it also, may the schus of our Torah learning also stand, uh, help uh, bring Hashem's uh, salvation. Okay, so the Gemara, we got up to the, te, about the 10th last line on Pei Aleph Amud Beis, 81B. So we're going to go from there. Um, We're up. Um, uh, yeah, so just bring the quote from the Mishnah, is Higdilu, but um, Vakama. Uh, the, he said that there's no yichud between a father and his daughter and there's no yichud the father and his daughter um, and they can even sleep in the same bed naked or a mother and her son you can even sleep in the same bed naked we're not worried and however when they grow up then they must each wear clothes if they're sleeping in the same bed. So the Gomorrah says, Vakama, how old must they be? So Omar and The girl when she's nine years old and the boy when he's ten years old. And others say no. Um, a boy, who, a girl, must be only when she when she's twelve, and a boy when he's thirteen. And both the ages are actually at what point the girl. I guess it would be the same with the boy, but these are simanim in the girl that she starts to hit puberty. Rashi explains that. The measurement, when is the age that a girl and her father or a mother and his son must stop sleeping naked together in the same bed? When the child hits puberty, it's just a discussion. Do we even consider it at puberty if it's under 12 or 13? According to the first Tana, yes, we do. Even from Nan, if she starts to show certain signs, you would consider her reaching that age. And according to other people, you know, that would just be... Uh, What's it? Uh, birthmark, not yeah. any real simanim. Omer Afram bar Papa Omer Abchis de Loishano Elisha Eino Busha Lamod of of Orum said this is all where as long as she's not ashamed to stand before him naked. Aval Busha Lamod of of Orum also, but once she's embarrassed to stand naked before him, that is forbidden. At what age is the daughter embarrassed to stand before her father naked? So my timer. What's the reason we use her in her shame as the age marker? It says al Literally, the yetsa horror is putting the clothes on her. It's the, the same age that she's starting to be aware of her nakedness is a siman that she started to. I don't know. It's, I mean, from a very young age they developed sexually, but maybe from a, from the age that she started to have desires. And therefore, she starts to feel ashamed. So that's why that would be the siman when a father and a daughter couldn't sleep uh, yeah, naked together. Is consciousness. Um, well, I'm saying it's consciousness, but why would she feel ashamed of her privacy and stuff? Her private parts, no? 
Yeah, and from a young age they know that they're, they're private. Yeah. They just don't know them as something to be ashamed of or embarrassed of. So why when they, I don't know, eight or nine, do they start to feel... Okay, but that's... Um, yeah, maybe I'm explaining it wrong. Because yeah, Raji says, You know that she has a taste for beer. I know not that she, but she, that's when her desires start to um, start. To develop. Yeah. He went to visit his son-in-law Rav Chizda. So remember, it's his daughter and his son-in-law Rav Chizda. He went and he took his daughter's daughter, his granddaughter, and placed her either under a blanket, either say just on his lap. But don't you hold that it's a problem? Aren't you aware that she's married? I know, interesting. We've never seen marriage as a factor. Isn't it her age? No. Or how do you view it? We, we, we haven't even had discussed with a grandchild and their child. Is it Yichud? It would seem from here the concern's not really Yichud. The concern is that, oh, now she's married. So, Omer Leil, well, either way, you're transgressing what Rav said. You're not allowed to marry a daughter while she's a minor until she grows up to say, I want to marry so-and-so. I granted that it's I don't know, not legal, I don't know what the right word is. Granted, technically, on a legal level, it works for a father to marry off his minor daughter. You should not do it. So the, so the son-in-law is telling his father, he says, she's married, how can you put her on your lap? So he says, well, what do you mean she's married? You should never have married her. Okay, but either way, he's not arguing that maybe if she's married, he should not put her on his lap. Yeah. He's not arguing on that. So what's the... Uh, so... So, so it seems interesting enough that marriage would be another factor that triggers this uh, separation. That if once a girl is married, even if she's much younger than the ages we mentioned up above, it would be inappropriate for her to be naked with uh, her father. Here we're saying grandfather, which again, as I pointed out, we haven't really discussed yet. So Amar Lei, Anaki, Irith, the Shmuel, Svirli. says, okay, well, I hold like... Um, but you transgressing Shmuel because Shmuel says literally a man should not use a woman but I think it's basically saying have no contact with a woman he says why not um, so he says well I also take the other teaching of Shmuel into consideration to Shmuel Shmuel says I call the shame Shemaim it depends on are you doing it L'Shem Shemaim Rashi explains he says I'm not. He says, Shmuel, he brings that. Shmuel says, you're not allowed to use a woman. I have contact with a woman. Have engage with a woman. That would be a good translation. And Shmuel says, so, so he says, yeah, but there's another teaching on Shmuel that implies you can go lenient because it's the Shem Shemayim. I call the Shem Shemayim. What's your intention? What's your motivation? 
So that's why, um, and that's what he says. So Rashi explains, He says, I'm not playing with my granddaughter because, uh, um, because of an attachment to women, because I want anything to do with a woman. Because of closest to a relative. And not only that, it gives nachas to her mother. When I play with her daughter. Parents love it when the grandparents play with their children. So that's what he's saying. He's saying, oh, there's nothing wrong with me putting her on my lap. My motivation is not because I want to uh, yeah. be close to women. My motivation is to play with my granddaughter, to bring nachas uh, to my daughter when she sees her grandfather. You know, everyone wants the picture with their grandchild sitting on their parents' lap. So that's what he said. So I did that. That's my motivation. Now this is quite interesting because here this would be, oh, I meant to bring it for sure. And let's see what time we finish. Maybe I'll come back to it. But just very briefly, the Ritva says, this is what we rely on. I mean, Tostos here says, says, this is what we rely on to engage with Noshim. And the Ritva is a bit elaborate, but this is why you're allowed to, you know, you can ask a woman. We, we touched on this earlier in the Masetta. But you can ask a woman, a, a husband, how's your wife doing? Or oh, isn't that Mishtamshim Menoshim trying to engage with women? He says, no, we do it just because we're friends and we care. Or that you allow a woman to help uh, to sit at the table while everyone's uh, relaxing and enjoying themselves. What, you engaging with women? No, it's L'Shem Shemayim. We're not, uh, we have no, uh, it's not because we want to uh, engage with the opposite set, but because we want to, um, because we're friendly and kind, you're allowed to greet someone respectfully. I don't talk to women, I don't engage with women at all, and close your eyes and walk right past them. No, you greet them nicely and friendly, and again, your kavana must be the shame shemayim. If you, I guess, if you're the sort of person who's aware that it's not, okay, then you've got a, a different problem. I mean, interesting, the Gemara, the Ritva also pointed out, remember we had a Gemara, where was it? And who was it? That he used to put the color on his shoulders and dance with her. Yeah. And what, what, aren't you scared of your room? Can you do that? He says, no, if you're like a beam or like a, key, a goose, it's the shame to my to dance with the color. Have no, uh, no inclination to be involved with, uh, with, the, with, the, with women. Okay, next Mishnah. I did say, I think at the last Mishnah, or the two Mishnahs ago, that this is the last topic. Yeah, this is um, the, well, this is the second last Mishnah. This is still the same topic of Yichud and concerns with Yichud. The next Mishnah kind of piggybacks of this Mishnah. So it might not Yichud might not have been the last topic of the Masechta. So that I just want to correct that I said that a few days ago, which might be incorrect. So it says Loyumur Adam A person should not make it a habit that it shouldn't be a custom that a bachelor, an unmarried man, is a children's teacher. Similarly, a woman, woman should not be. I would just say, to medaik on the one word, yilamed um, means like habit, custom. If, if you need a locum, you can have a bachelor or a woman. But as your regular teacher, you should have a married man. Even someone who does not have a wife should not be a children's teacher. Okay, the Gemara will explain what he's adding on. Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says, A bachelor, an unmarried man, should not graze, be a shepherd. 
Bakar is cattle, so herd cattling, and he shouldn't sleep under two bachelors shouldn't sleep under the same blanket. The Chachami material and the rabbis permitted. Okay, well, the Gemara will elaborate a little more. My time, and what's the reason that a ch- uh, you shouldn't have an unmarried man as the children, as a teacher? If you want to say we're concerned about the children, uh, his sexual desires might overpower him and he'll do something with the children. He says, The Chachamim said to Rabbi Yehuda, we'll see this further down, that we do not suspect Jews of Mishkat Zohar and of um, bestiality. Uh, rather the concern with the bachelors is the mothers who come to drop their children at school. And then they go into the, the you know, get friendly with the teacher. That's a danger. And the reason we don't want women as teachers is because they, because we're worried about the father dropping their children off at school. So I was thinking, uh, let's finish up to the mission. Rabbi says, even someone who doesn't have a wife, what, do you, what does Rabbi Lezer mean when he says that there is no woman? Does he mean that this person doesn't have a wife at all? Well, just that his wife is not with him. Rashi explains, what does it mean he doesn't have a wife at all? So the first ton is coming along and saying, a ravak, someone who's never ever been married. And Rabbi Leza is saying, even someone, but if someone was married, then they could be a teacher. And Rabbi Leza is coming to say, no, even someone who was married, but are not married at the moment, would not be allowed um, to teach children. Or maybe, so that's the one possibility of understanding Rabbi Leza. Or maybe, the other thing Rabbi Leza means is that his wife's not with him. Again, not too clear, but let's just assume not staying, maybe she's away or something like that. Toshma'af. Even someone who is um, who's, who's married but his wife is not with him is not allowed to be a school teacher. Then the last one, Rabbi Yehuda, Oymer lo yire, Tanya Omer lo Rabbi Yehuda, the Chachomim respondent to Rabbi Yehuda, lo yinech shetu Yisrael al mishkav zochav al al bahaymer. We do not um, suspect a Jew of uh, mishkav zochav or being with a behema. So therefore, you would not worry about a bachelor or someone being a thing. Just regarding the teacher, so I'm trying to remember, I did hear once that obviously you can have a teacher, so now if you're going to say no married woman and no single guys, you're going to have a huge shortage of teachers. If there isn't already a shortage of good teachers, you're going to have an extra bad shortage. So okay, you can go lenient. I was also thinking, our schools are designed a little bit. If I understand correctly, their school was basically a drop him at the the school which was a little bit private or whatever and it was just the malame, the teacher there. And not only the or it might have even been the teacher's house. So that's like a little bit more risky, whereas here you're gonna have the ground staff and the principal and the teacher and uh, someone on pickup duty and drop off duty. It's less likely to have uh, any yeah, problems? Um, and that's what I'm thinking. Maybe the grounds to be a little bit more lenient nowadays. I'm not uh, paskinning because you can still create scenarios of danger, but that's what I would imagine. Okay, next Mishnah, last Mishnah of the Masechta. And then the Gomorrah repeats a lot of it, so or elaborates very little on a lot of it. Elaborate slightly. Okay, anyone whose business is with women. 
either a trade is to do with women, they should not be alone with women. We'll see examples later, but the reason is because he's used to he has he's used to engaging with women. He's used to almost I don't want to say it in this language, but seducing women, not to not for sexual purposes, but to to for friendless and for business. He socializes with them, he speaks nicely, he compliments them, he flatters them, you know, whatever a, a tradesman would do to sell and to engage with his customers, he's very familiar with doing with women. So therefore he should not be alone with women. Now let me ask you, what's the deal on that? Saying that a person whose trades, whose business is to do with women, he should not be alone with women. What does that imply? That other men can be in Yichud with women. But didn't we see a few Mishnahs ago that a man is not allowed to be alone with two women? So let's see how Rashi resolves that. So then it's not really teaching us anything new. So Rashi says, I'm just going to read quickly from the beginning of the Mishnah, and Rashi says, Anyone whose business is for women, and the women rely on him. He should not be alone with women. So he says, Even with many women. Again, the previous case, you could be alone with two women, but you're not allowed to be alone with... Oh, sorry, you couldn't be alone with... Two women, but you could be alone with more than two women. Whereas comes along th- this person, he should not be alone even with many women. While officially he's very familiar with them. They cover up for each other. I guess they also become his friends. You know, you also if you treat the shopkeeper well, you can get a good discount. So there are all those problems. Um, whereas other people, it would just be a problem of two. Tosses learns slightly different. Says. Um, the kasha laharam, Rimmer asks the kasha to Omer laayol anoshim mibifnim vanoshim mibachutz choyshishim mishum yichud. Didn't we say if you have a scenario where you have many women outside and sorry, many men inside and women outside, it is a problem of yichud. Mashmeta also lisi achedim noshim harpe. We see that it's also to be alone with many women. So that would lekuli alma. When it said you're not allowed to be alone with two women, it's saying. You're not allowed to be alone with many women. And when it said multiple. <coughs> so Tosos learned that a man's never allowed to be alone with many women. No man is ever. And what this adds is even if his wife's with him, he's not allowed to be alone with many women. If he's a roiser, if he's this person whose business is with women or for women, he's not allowed to be alone with many women. A father should not teach his son a trade that makes forces him to engage. That that's for women. Um, again, remember we learned at the end of the first parak. I love it how you often find the end of the Masechta seems to tie back to the beginning. But we learned at the beginning a father is obligated to teach his child a trade. Some of us. But what trade are you going to teach him? You shouldn't teach him to be a fashion photographer, what sort of a photographer or something like that. Or a hairdresser. hairdresser. We'll see some other examples too. Father should teach his son a work that is clean and nice. Yes, you can think about what the definition of clean and nice means. We spell lemisha, oisha, benochazim shalai, and you daven to the one who wealth is. Shainu monosha, ain ba anius vashirus. There is no trade that does not have wealth or poverty. Veshelo anius mina umonius, vashirus mina umonos, because the poverty or the wealth 
does not success does not come from the job. all dependent on his zechus, on his merits. Now, just a few points on this last one. Firstly, um, what are we saying on the surface? Um, it, it comes from Hashem. Therefore, rather, even if it doesn't look as lucrative, rather learn a cleaner and a nicer trade. A cleaner, nicer trade, you'll have more, more time for Torah learning, you'll be more uh, respectable, etc. And don't do it for the money. Now, what does it mean for because it depends on your merit? doesn't mean merit because we know. So look at last Tosis on the page. says, According to his muzzle. <coughs> your children, your livelihood, and your sustenance. Do not depend. Tosos. If you look on the other side, it's the short one at the end. Um, does not depend on your merits. Depend on your muzzle. You're right, if you daven, etc., you might be able to change your muzzle. But most likely, whether you're wealthy or poor, is not to do with your profession, but is to do with your muzzle. And daven to Hashem, if you need more. Um, that, to be honest, I find this very, very difficult. We find that there are certain professions that... By and large, most people are wealthy. Most actuaries are fairly well off compared to rabbis. Compared to rabbis. <laughs> most uh, uh, yeah, most uh, accountants are well off compared to uh, school teachers. Whatever it is. So how can you say it doesn't have to do with the profession when we see it like that? So look, okay, I guess when you look at each individual, are you going to be a wealthy actuary or are you going to be a poor actuary? That's dependent on muzzle. When you look overall, it could be different, but not like this. But okay, um, it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, there, there are many Rishonim among the Chavos Halavavos who push this very strongly. And they say, yep, it's got absolutely... You choose a profession based on your nature. Oh, you're more into physical stuff, so choose a more physical profession. You prefer numbers? Okay, become an accountant or an actuary. You prefer, you know, go... You're fascinated by the human body? Become a doctor. You desire to help, you know, find a profession that suits your nature. That's how the Chavos Alabama says, choose it and nothing to do with money. Don't make your decision based on the average salary for such a person. Okay, Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar, Aymer. Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar says, Reisi mi Have you ever seen a bird, animal or a bird who has a trade and nevertheless they they have all they need without extra struggle and the, their animals are created to serve me to serve man I'm created to serve my creator how much more so I should be able to find sustenance without outside but I have sinned of my deeds, I've corrupted my deeds, and I've forfeited my parnosa. This is an amazing, amazing line. He says, look at animals. You know what? Animals have to work a bit for their food, but it's nothing out of the ordinary. They don't have to grow to great lengths. For people to have, provide for themselves a living, it's totally all-consuming. Which is almost ironic, because we created to serve Hashem, and we can't. So what's it? It's to do with our deeds. Sometimes it's more, it's to do with the, the what's it, the What's the word? Uh, prom, primeval sin? Adam sin? That all men now would have to labor by the sweat of their brow. Whereas, if not for sin, we would also 
obviously have to work a little and do something for Aparnasa, but it wouldn't be a thing. Which is quite an interesting discussion because then we view almost working in a way as an ideal. We're put in this world, we have to work. Obviously we've got to set aside time for Torah and Mitzvahs, but almost first comes work. Um, and it seems that that's even Adam. He was put in the garden to work it and look after it. So he's put in this world to work. But it seems the stress and the anxiety, we don't have to worry as much today because uh, uh, Rebson Altman gave us shoe yesterday. Altman gave us shoe yesterday, so we don't have to finish my quarter two today. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, for you, we should go a bit faster. But, um, so, the, uh, so, so man is put in this world to work, but the stress and the total involvement and the struggle that people have to go through for Parnosa, that's um, because of our deeds. Abaguria ish Tsayadon Omer, Abagurian from Tsayadon said, Mishum Abaguria, Lo yelamed odomes beno chama gamal kadar safan roivach envoni, she umanu oson umanus listim. A person should not teach his child to be a donkey driver, camel driver, wagon driver, um, sailor, shepherd, shopkeeper, because they all lead to listios, to robbery. How? So Rashi goes through them and he explains. Um, the first three, they travel far. Um, they travel far and therefore when they need to stop over somewhere, they like take a bit of wood or whatever they need from the side of the road, which often belongs to people. They'll break off wood from trees growing, you know, that belongs to people. Or um, fruit from a trees growing nearby. It says not only that, since they're unsupervised, they're often not careful with their conditions. You make a deal with a wagon driver or a donkey driver to deliver certain parcels under certain conditions, blah, blah, blah. Once he's a few kilometers away from you, he can do what he wants. He doesn't have to be as careful or as uh, fussed or, you know, all these things. So they break the tenoim of their deals. A shepherd, so because a shepherd, someone, they often let their animals eat from other people's fields. A shopkeeper, they're all the time trying to uh, cut corners. By cut corners, you know, how can I sell this, uh, this wine and get a little bit more? How can I, you know, so let me dilute it a little, or how can I add weight to this food? Let me add in a few pebbles, or whatever it is, to try and get a little bit more money out of their values. I think, uh, you know, that's further, I was thinking about it, because I read yeah. the Russian just now. It's like, even the shopkeeper that tells you that this is a fantastic love suite. It's made <laughs> of polyurethane, which is really plastic. I mean, that's going to last in two years. Yeah, so that's... Uh, you, you oversell your goods, you, uh, you promise more than they're worth, you t- uh, this is uh, important, finest quality, whatever, you know, all these lines that shopkeepers use to, dis- uh, to uh, Im- Im- make the sale sound better. Um, and a genvoni, yeah, so that's a shop, that's all those. Um, Rabbi Yehuda, Amar Mishmur, Rabbi Yehuda said in his name, so we just had Abagurian said in the name of Abaguria. Now he's saying Rabbi Yehuda taught in the name of Abaguria. Hachamorin Ruben Rishoim. Most donkey drivers are Rishoim, as we've explained. Agmalim Ruben Kshayrim. Camel drivers are actually mostly kosher. Rashi explains because they have to go on long journeys through the desert where it's very dangerous. 
So they end up relying on Hashem a lot more. They dive into Hashem a bit more. So that's why Ruben Chassidim, sailors are actually majority Chassidim, super pious. They daven, they are in such danger that they're always davening to Hashem and relying on Hashem. So they Chassidim. Tov Shebaroifim the Gehenim, the best doctors end up in Gehenim. Um, why? So Rashi gives us a few reasons. It says they're not afraid of sickness. They, so they don't daven or trust it. They don't daven or rely on Hashem. Um, so they don't They don't humble themselves before Hashem. Or sometimes they cause death. You're trying to heal someone and you're a little bit careless. Yeah. Cause death. Or some say you have the opportunity to heal a poor person, but you you know like oh, now they too they're not going to pay the full amount the consultation. I'm not healing them. So that's why. Um, there are these three reasons Rashi gives why doctors end up in Gehenna. There might be other reasons. Interesting enough, we still speak very highly of doctors, a mitzvah to help and heal people, etc. But it is something to be sensitive of um, that, this, this danger. The most kosher butchers are partners with Amalek. Why Rashi says? Because they always end up with sophic trafers. And because it's a financial loss, they might go a bit lenient where they shouldn't and end up serving people food. The uh, Rehaz of Cain here gives another explanation. He says, um, because it's a, cause what's that got to do with Amalek? So you end up with a trafer and you should say, you should be careful. Say, I know this is a trafer and the animal's not kosher or whatever. But you're like, oh, but lenient and you say it is kosher. So we can see why that's evil. But what's the connection to Amalek? So therefore the Riyaz al gives another pshak which fits slightly better. It says, because you're constantly killing animals, you become more cruel. And that's like Amalek. Amalek are cruel. Um... So that's, uh, that's an interesting uh, thing to be sensitive to. Someone who's always shechting animals, he learns to, he becomes desensitized to it. And, and that, to death. To, yeah, to, uh, to animal death, and that spreads, and he becomes a crueler. He, again, not he will, but he might become a crueler person, which is like Amalek. Okay, now very famous. Rabbi Nuhurai, Oymer Rabbi Nuhurai says, I abandon all trades in the world except for Torah, to te- and all I taught my son was Torah. Because a person eats from its reward in this world, and the, and it, and the main, the capital is kept as his reward for Oilam Haba. The Sharkul Amonis Amon Adon came. Other Umanas do not act like this. If someone becomes sick or elderly or other suffering, and he's not able to work, he ends up dying out of hunger. The Torah, it keeps him and looks after him from all evil in his youth, and it gives him an end and hope for his old age. I, even when a person can no longer learn Torah well, the Torah that they learned in their youth still keeps them. Those who choose, who look to Hashem, I, they learn Torah, they, they will constantly be... Um, 
um, be given strength or rejuvenated. What does it say by old age? They will be fruitful even in their old age. And similarly it says by Avram. By Avram Zokain, Hashem Beirach as Avram Makor. When Avram was old, Avram still received the bracha of having everything. Motsinu we see she also she kaim Avram Avinu as kol Torah kula that Avram kept the whole Torah ad shaloi nisna before it was given. Shneimar says eikev asher shom Avram bekolivi shmo mishmati mitzvosai vechukosai betorasai. Avram kept my listen to my voice. He kept my mishma and my mitzvahs, my chukos, and my Torah. So we see that Avram kept the whole Torah, and because of that, he got a great blessing even in his old age. Um, yeah, the salt There's a lot. To, uh, let's see it in the Gemara, and we'll discuss it as we go through the Gemara. Um, so this is going. Remember, the beginning of the Mishnah was that a person shouldn't get involved with trades that uh, need women. So he says, Ro kagon. What are examples? Hatsarafim, goldsmiths, jewelers. Women buy jewelry, so they're going to go to the jewelry store. Vahasrikin, Tizla, he works on the cloth, he makes their cloth that they wear nicer or that they're going to work with. Vahanakoros, those who clean handfuls. Vaharoichlin, peddlers. Peddlers used to sell all the odds and ends that women need thimbles, needles, thread, uh, I don't know, all that sort of stuff that you need around the house. Vahagardim, weavers. Vahasforim, um, bar, uh, hairdressers, vahakovsim, laundress, vahagora, vahagora, uh, bloodletters, vahabalan, those are, what's it, the bathhouse attendants, the one who manage the bathhouse, vahaburski, or a tanner. I don't know, why would women go to a tannery? Maybe they, I don't know, what, more than men, what do they need the leather for more than men? Okay, but that's it. So, so, these are some trades. Um, Therefore, this sort of person who's involved in any of these trades. Oh, okay, fine. A woman have more shoes than men, so they're going to the shoe store more than men. Um, they, so, so what we said, Surara, these people, Surara, have bad, they have a bad nature because of this. As we mentioned, they're constantly socializing and trying to. Uh, become close and friendly with women, they have this bad nature, and therefore you shouldn't have them around. That's basically what Rashi says. Try not to have these people over. Um, you shouldn't appoint a king or a coin god. Not because they intrinsically puzzle. It's a lowly trade. It's very interesting. I mean, very on this topic, I just had it. It comes up in Baba Basra. But we had Moshe Rabbeinu told his, taught his family Rather do avoid a zara than come then beg, and his grandson understood that literally. If you can't get a job and the only job is a priest in a church, become the priest. Rather do avoid a zara and then have to beg. Obviously, that's not what Moshe Rabbeinu meant. What Moshe Rabbeinu meant avoid a zara, a trade that is strange to you, I something like this that you would normally be like, no ways, I could never do something like that. Rather do that than beg. But you were saying, ideally try avoid these as well. There's obviously there's a what would be there's a hierarchy. There's an ideal, as we said, colour and akia, light and easy and clean, and then it goes down. Obviously something 
you know, but uh, to do uh, Avodah to do something, these would be lower down on the chain, something, well, Avodah you should never do, and these you should almost use as a last resort. There are ten things said regarding a bloodletter. Now, bloodletter is a kind of doctor, so he's constantly healing and helping people. He says, he walks in a haughty manner, he's very arrogant, he leans over when he's sitting. Again, an arrogant demeanor. The Ainot sorry, he's very stingy. The Ainorao, he has a bad eye. He always sees the bad in things. Oichel Harbo Moitzi he eats a lot and only excretes a little. The Choshud Al you have to suspect him for promiscuity, and for theft, and for Shvichos Damim. So again, because women always need the blood letter, that's why you suspect him of Arias. Rashi says, why do you have to suspect him? Why is he involved in theft? He's not stealing from anyone. So no, the wives steal from their husbands to be able to uh, go get uh, their blood let. And Dorash bar You should always teach your son and clean and light work. My he, what's he referring to? So Omar of Yehuda. Mafte de Talmuyusa. Um, someone who stitches furrows. Oh, it's a sort of embroidery that they would do. Tanya You'll never find a trade disappear from the world. I was trying to think about that in light of AR. I'm sure, there are many trades, but uh, there's, oh, there's certain things that you'll always need. And that at their root, you'll always find those. Ashre Misha Royce. Lucky are those who see their parents who have a very, very, uh, a well-respected job and woe to those whose parents don't. And now he says this is interesting because, again, it's not a personal attack on people because as it's impossible to have the world without the perfumer and the world without the tanner. Lucky is the one whose umanus is um, a perfumer and woe to the one whose umanus is a tanner. Again, the one's a much more pleasant job. Happy is the one who uh, the world, it's impossible to have the world without males and females. They are actually, the woke world's trying to argue that, that they must. It's impossible to have the world without males and females. Like I said, uh, the woke world is about to be trying to convince us otherwise, but it is impossible. Woe to the one who's children are males and his and woe to the one whose children are females. Why? Not too clear. I was thinking maybe it's to do sometimes there's a little bit more stress with the girls who they're mixing with, how they're growing up, how they, you know, things like that. Um, but yeah, there's, there's an advantage of having sons over daughters um, and like he's the one who has sons. Person should always teach his son a light and easy trade. I don't get too caught up in which, you know, uh, being involved in, I don't know, this trade makes more, even though it's uh, more, you have to get involved with them. You know, don't, don't worry about that. Teach him a nice and easy trade because 
and daven to the one who property belongs to Sha'in. Anios minalmanos vainashiros minalmanos elu lemisha oisha shalav. The anios does not wealth and poverty do not stem from the um, from the craft. Ela lemisha oisha shalav rather from the one who wealth belongs to Shemar as the pasuk says. Li hakesef li azov neuma shem tzvakos. The money and gold, silver and gold, are mine, says Hashem. Okay, Rabbi Shimon Elazar, I'm a Emory Simi Meyachol. He says, Rabbi Shimon Elazar says, I've never seen in my life. Okay, we'll basically see that now. Tanya, Rabbi Shimon Elazar, I'm a Miyomai Lora Isi Tzvi Kayet Vaari Saval. I've never seen a deer work collecting figs and a lion as a career. Uh, Delivering parcels, which a porter, Shoel Tenvoni, or a fox as a storekeeper. storekeeper. And they have their sustenance without undue pain. And they created to serve me. And I am created to serve my, I am created to serve my creator. If they created to serve me and they support it without having, with, and they get their paranoia without too much tsar, how much more so me who is created to serve Hashem? Or I'm, I'm, yeah, I was created to serve my Maker. I, my ways became evil, the Kipachti as Parnasosi, and I forfeited my Parnasa. The Maharal uses this to express the idea that you can kind of look at the nature and the core of a creator to see where they fit, and man is clearly created for so much more. If you look at the essence of a person, he's clearly created for so much more Torah and connecting to Hashem in a way that none of the other creations are. Oh, Shenemar, how do we know that? It's because of sin. I was seichem hitu. It's the sins turned away their bracha. Okay, Rabbi Nuhurai, Omer Rabbi Nuhurai says, Omer, Rabbi Nuhurai, Omer, yeah. Meniach ani kol umanos etc. Tanya, we learned in the price. Rabbi Nuhurai, Omer, meniach kol umanos sheba olam va'eni melamedes bini ela Torah. I turned away from all. I left all trades in this world, and I only taught my son Torah. Because all trades in the world will not sustain him except in his youth. But when he's older and he can no longer work, he'll end up starving. But Torah is not the same. It will give him uh, end and hope in his old age. Regarding his youth, it says, Those who hope in Hashem will cons- consistently have Koach. What does it say regarding someone who is old? He'll be have fruit or be fruitful in his old age and they will be fresh and vigorous even in the old age so he's saying that it's not so very interesting what about the halacha and like we saw Rabbi Meir says you have to teach your children a profession Rabbi Nais comes in along and saying no ways I refuse to teach my child a profession I'm only teaching him Torah 
So there's quite a big discussion. What adds to the confusion, just to the many layers in this discussion, and many ways of looking at this. But one of the interesting ones is that Rabbi May and Rabbi Nehorai are, some, are often referred to as the same thing. It's the same person. So how can Rabbi May say one way over the other? So someone who say that no, it's the general populace must make sure. But Rabbi Nehorai saw his son was so fitting for Torah that he just taught in Torah all day long. And that was fine for him. Rav Moshe has an interesting way of looking at it. He says, no. He says, his son, in his youth, he made sure to teach him just Torah. He didn't get caught up with, I have to make sure to get my child a good academic education, etc., etc. He says, no. You see, it's appropriate for your son. And how do you expect anyone to become a god of Torah if you're not going to do it like this? You teach him Torah 24-7. Don't worry about the other things. He says, oh, what about a trade and this and that that a father is obligated to teach his child? So okay, so have Emunah that when he's old enough and he needs to start learning a trade, you'll make you'll make a plan then. Because again, we very we get very caught up. No, my child has to have a good foundation in academics, and I've got to make sure and this. And before you know it, they're what 30 finally getting their degree when they're 25 without having learned just a few hours of Torah here and there. So Ramosh says, you know, that's not how to do it. So that's what he's saying. When they're young and they your son teach them Torah the whole time. And that will set them in good stead. Are you worried about the profession? Have Emunah that Hashem will help you when he's a bit older. Okay, something, uh, a few, obviously a few points and a lot more to think about regarding that. But, Hadron Alokha, sorry, you saw in the Svikalon Meseches, Kudshim Meseched and Oshim. Hadron Alokha, sorry, you saw in the Svikalon Meseches, Kidushim Meseched and Oshim. Hadron Alokha, sorry, you saw in the Svikalon Meseches, Kidushim Meseched and Oshim. Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov.